This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you so much for picking this podcast there are so many shows out there that you could be listening to, and yet here we are again at Making Waves at Sea Level. I started this show seven years ago, and now almost 700 episodes, because I wanted to find out who was doing cool things and how businesses can shake things up. And today, we're going to talk about marketing with one of the leading marketing consultants in the country, Kenneth Kinney. So Kenneth, before we get started, up front... What do you think is the number one trait of successful business people? One of the most, most important traits you can do is be focused on looking at things from a variety of perspectives. A lot of what we do today in marketing is to focus from a linear perspective down a path or a channel. But when you look at the bigger overarching customer journey that a lot of customers are going through where they're looking at so many different points, finding your unique, authentic voice that fits all of those pieces as they come together is what's really going to make a difference to your customers in building those closer relationships and not just the not interesting sausage making process of how well you did on Facebook or Google ads this week. Well, this idea of looking at things from multiple perspectives is going to tie in really well to our conversation today about marketing. But before we get started, I have to thank one of the sponsors of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Stanton Chase International, one of the leading global executive search firms serving as trusted advisors to help companies build their senior leadership teams. You can learn more at stantonchase.com or you can reach out directly to me because I work for Stanton Chase International. All right. So Kenneth Kinney is our guest today. And for those of you who don't know him, he is known to the people who know him on Clubhouse, which is where I really first met him. He's known as Shark because he's a little bit scary. He actually, for, for like a hobby, for fun, he goes diving with sharks. And this is what he does all the time. And so he's developed the nickname of Shark. But, but uh, Kenneth Kinney is, he is a marketer. He is a speaker. He is a shark diver. And he's a husband and a dad. And you know what? He does all of this while being a marketing consultant that is helping companies of all sizes grow through the use of better marketing. And I love this idea of better marketing because there's a lot of bad marketing out there. So Kenneth, why is there so much bad marketing and how do we get to better marketing? Well, so a lot of people are still in the trap of being a little bit insecure and promoting themselves without relying on providing a great service to where their customers are going to brag about them. We find such 
an amazing, you know, we've got to promote ourselves. That's part of it. But the way that we're doing that right now is through putting out stuff that doesn't serve our customers or our audience at, at all. And so being able to do that, to really focus laser in on focusing on helping people fix their problem and then amp- helping amplify their voice is really what people are listening to. It's the whole value of social proofing that we see today, but understanding how we connect with them better to help them solve their problem, not just be a customer count number uh, or something that becomes on a quarterly report and makes a CFO happy is going to be the way to help grow, not just through marketing, but better customer experience as well. So do you think this is true for small companies and large companies? When I was listening to you, what came to mind is sort of these internet gurus who are like, hey, look at me. I'm walking through the park, buttering toast, you know, drinking a cup of coffee and telling you how great I am. Are big companies doing the same thing just on a different scale? Uh, they're, well, thankfully, they are listening to a little smarter advice for the most part with most of the Fortune 100 I've worked with over my career. I, I worry a lot about some of those Internet gurus having big followings and people listening to them because they have big followings. If you're simply focused on customer count for a quarter, a lot of the tips and tricks and hacks will work. They, a lot of them will. We've all learned from a lot of those. I've been in that space before as well. I've driven demand gen for a lot of companies. But if you want to keep that customer beyond a quarter, beyond one transaction that may be simple, and again, you're probably going to overpay for a lot of things to get there. If you're just focused on getting a number up without providing any real value to the customer or to your long-term uh, monetary you know, budget plans, then you can implement a lot of those tips and tricks and hacks and turn something over quickly. But again, a lot of those tips and tricks are how do I get, you know, 50 more followers on Instagram stuff that doesn't matter in, in the sense of how you're really going to grow your customer account and keep them over a longer term value. I mean, most companies do not want to attract a customer and have a transactional relationship that only lasts a week. And a lot of those tips and tricks are really bad. So I, I tend to get worried a lot about what the C-suite listens to from a short-term revenue standpoint. And I mean, short-term in a quarter or less versus how to go beyond a quarter, which is really what we're trying to do to, to grow and sustain our business. I mean, it's the same thing we grow that we do as speakers. I don't want a one speech relationship with a, an organization. I want it to be years of relationships, which is how I built my own speaking business as well. And I know you, you do as well as the way we connect with people, not just, and I don't mean that from a fluffy standpoint, you have to be sales engineered and, and focused that way. But a lot of the C-suite gets lost in bad advice that can become too transactional and it also become too segmented. A lot of the, you know, if you're working at a large company, a lot of those companies are working with a lot of different agencies. I, I, I've worked on the brand side where we had a lot of different agencies and they're all doing great things and giving you great numbers to show you where the growth in this channel worked. And we went, you know, 200% growth on our Facebook ads, you know, quarter over quarter or year over year. That's all sounds great. Customer doesn't care at all because the customer is not just looking at you on Facebook. They're looking at you on your website. They're reading your blog. They're seeing you on Google. Most importantly, they're probably even considering you when they're considering 12 other companies that are just like you 
Some of them may have a more authentic and focused message, but they're looking at those because they're trying to fix their problem, not that they're honored to wake up and hear from you on a social channel and all this amazing content that you put out at 6 a.m. when I wake up to go to to go look at on TikTok. So that's really interesting. You bring up a lot of points right there. And the one that I want to dig a little deeper on is you're saying that, you know, for bigger companies, they're often working with lots of agencies, lots of consultants. Plus, they have a team of people who are all listening to a whole bunch of different gurus and reading things. So silos start to grow up in marketing the larger the company is. Different divisions are marketing in different ways. Different people within the marketing department have different ideas. And then you've got your C-suite who's trying to give direction. So what can one do about all these silos that are breaking up? And, and how can the leaders of a company make sure that we get everyone on the same page so that we don't run into these silos, competitions, and roadblocks? Well, one of the first things they have to do is really understand perspectives. And it's the reason why my nickname is shark and my show is called a shark's perspective is I try to look at things from a, a different point of view, sort of like when I'm in the water, but really taking that different perspective is, is creating some intimate relationship, if you will, more getting closer to the problem, getting closer to the customer. And the more that we silo out these efforts, they become more distance. A lot of digital marketers think of it this way. A lot of digital marketers, especially don't know a customer's name. They know a customer's unique customer ID. Maybe if they saw it on either uh, some sort of review or they saw where it was, tr- you know, triggered an ad or something like that. So the, the more disperse that we create these environments to where somebody's only focused on SEO, somebody's only focused on paid search and paid social ads, Uh, you got another group that's, you know, writing up your blogs, the more that you're creating that distance, it creates silos that, that give you a very mixed messaging, if you will, uh, that mixed messaging can, can, can be not art, not articulate always to your customer. Perfect example is you might have one company write something up in a blog and another company is doing a paid search ad. Well, when they get to the call center, the call center is having a conversation with a customer. If you've got a call center and they're saying that they are not seeing what is reflected in that ad or what's on your, your website. And this happens all the time. If you use the right kind of technologies to listen in on those calls and those calls might be triggering conversion. Uh, you might use one of the, the gold standard companies like Invoca, for example, that listens to calls, records them and transcribes them. And then, pushes out to uh, Microsoft ads, for example, and says, we need to optimize on this. Well, you optimize a lot more ads that reach a lot more customers. And then they call in to your call center and it perpetuates a problem to where they're like, wait, I just need to get this done for my house or my car or whatever the product is. And it becomes a, a real problem to where you've created such a, a different teams in different areas that they don't know how to connect all together. So one of the things that I did when I was the last brand I was working for uh, driving demand gen is I really focused in on trying to align all of the different teams and those silos can be internal as much as they are external. And what that means is you need to align a lot of your agencies, but you also need internally to align a lot of your teams. It could be customer service. It could be sales and marketing and communications and anyone else, because those are the, the groups all together 
those are the only, your, your customer doesn't hear uh, sales or marketing or customer service or communications. They don't hear about XYZ SEO agency or ABC paid ad agency. They see your brand logo. They expect their product or service to be delivered with great experience. And the more that you can break down the silos to where they understand that more easily, it keeps from confusing a lot of buyers. So what can leadership do to do that though? I mean, that, that sounds great in theory, but how do we, how do we really break it down? Yeah. So sorry. And if I didn't clarify that, one of the things I did was pull those teams together in more, uh, more frequent calls. You have a lot of, I've worked with a, with a company that had 300 marketers, a large company that had 300 marketers internally. They employed a ton of agencies and most of them didn't know each other. The more that you get the groups together internally and externally, and you can do this with small teams or big teams, but the more that more of those teams understand together, it could be through weekly calls, through under through sharing something as simple as a social calendar. The more that they're aligned, you will find that they don't have to be groupthink. They just need to know what the left hand is doing. And a lot of times this happens as we grow and we give somebody else a task to do because it's easier. But then they start growing and growing and they, they get more intertwined and agencies come and go. You know, for a lot of people, if you've been with a company for five years as a customer, odds are you've probably been with two CMOs and guess what? Those two CMOs probably in the interim brought in two to three different media teams in each channel that you're working on. Cause it happens all the time. You know, the average CMO, for example, lasts like two and a half years. It's a, it's an NFL running back. So every two and a half years you're getting a new one and they're bringing in their team. This happens over and over. So the customer, they don't care. They're not interested in anything other than their product or service. Uh, it's very rare that somebody just only wants to have that logo and that logo only. And through thick or thin, they will go with you through all of it. So you have to bring the teams together so that customer service knows what's being communicated to customers so that your call center knows what paid search ads are really running. You have to understand that your uh, agency team that might be writing your blogs for you aren't people who've never used your product or service. All of these things can be pulled together with calendars, with meetings, with a better understanding of how we're all working together. And a lot of that relationship building starts inside with the teams you're working with. So you bring up a really interesting point, and that is that the, the lifespan of a chief marketing officer is pretty short. I have several friends who, who have served in those roles, and it seems like they're always being pushed out every few years and, mm-hmm. and you know, not for lack of, of being great at what they do, but because, you know, the, the, the data isn't coming in the way the CEO wants or they want to do a different direction or someone else comes in, they, they read a book, they listen to something new and they think, oh, marketing has changed so much. So why do you think that the CMO's lifespan is so short and what can we do to uh, fix that? Well, that's a good loaded question. So one of the things that I don't think CMOs have understood enough is really understanding how to grow a business. They, they've understood a lot of the marketing aspects and a lot of marketers will differentiate whether or not they are, uh, marketers that use a lot of advertising versus ones that argue that content is the only thing that works versus social media experts versus all these other different disciplines, if you will. Uh, But I kind of equate it to MMA 
because I did a little bit of MMA. And if you think of martial arts, the various disciplines, that's almost where all the different people come from. They've got a, a Taekwondo person and a jujitsu person and a Muay Thai and all these different ones, a growth person, especially a performance marketer has to think, especially with Legion through all the different disciplines, they have to understand the value of advertising and how that works together with your various marketing channels, not that it's one versus the other. So a lot of the CMOs who again, understand advertising, understand a lot of the things, how to, how to provide great project management, but it, at the end of the day, if you're not understanding how to really connect all those teams together for the benefit of how your customer understands and interacts with your brand, then you're going to get replaced because you haven't focused on building that relationship while focused on growth. So that example actually ties back to your your initial tip that you gave up front about what leads to success for any business executive. And that was being able to look at the world through multiple perspectives. And you know, I don't know that I've ever thought of it. And I wonder how many people who are listening have ever thought it, that there's a lot of different ways that we market. And it is true that if you hire somebody with an advertising background, you're going to have a lot of advertising marketing. If you have someone with a social background, you're going to have a lot of social marketing. Same thing is true with experiential marketing, right? There's, I, I was a marketer and I was really big on events. And so the law firm I worked for did more events than other law firms. And it, it worked to our advantage, but the lawyers were like, why aren't, why aren't we spending our money on ads? And I wasn't a believer that that was where the money needed to go. We needed to pull the clients into to educational and social events. And so whoever that marketer is, a lot of it gets pushed that way. And so to be successful and be there for the long run, the marketer himself has to look at all these different areas of what is marketing, but also then the CEO and the others they report to who are on that C-suite team also need to have a perspective that marketing is a lot of things at a lot of different times. So what advice then do you have for the company, either the individual marketing person or the company to broaden how they look at marketing? So be open. I, I think one of the reasons that I was given the nickname shark, other than I started swimming with sharks when I was a little kid, oddly enough, uh, not diving, but just free diving, uh, free swimming in the water and snorkeling. Yeah, yeah but, that's, that's just crazy, but go on. Yeah, it is. It is weird, but it's, it's, uh, it's who I am. So uh, I think the, the nickname shark also came from, I have an insatiable amount of curiosity and not enough people do to really test and learn. They come in to a lot of different jobs and a lot of it's because we've created a very task oriented marketer who's project managing through a quarter or a a fiscal year rather than looking at the long-term solution with their customer. And the more that they do that, the more that they, um, the more that they continue to test and learn and go against, uh, I've spent a lot of time learning a lot of different disciplines of marketing. However, I will be the first to humble myself and say, I don't have a clue. I'm going to test and learn to see what works with my problem. So we get a lot of people who come in with either their hardened beliefs or they follow best practices that are again, air quote, best practices but it doesn't matter if you haven't really tested and learned against your audience. And a lot of people still, although they look at testing as ad performance is not really the way to test and learn to see what's working with your customer and really setting up, understanding what the goals are, not just can we test and learn against whatever this ad is or campaign is, but really understanding what our goals are and how do we test and learn to get to those goals? Maybe it's, 
to get a customer to stay with you six months instead of three or two years instead of one or whatever it is, but building upon that and then testing to see what works with that audience for that effort is really going to make a lot of the difference. So Kenneth, I've got some more questions for you before we, we set you free back into the wild to go diving with more sharks. However, first I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing people who are making waves in business like Kenneth Kinney. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, then you need to jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. All right. So Kenneth, right before we did, went to that commercial, you were talking about the fact that, you know, we have a lot of marketers who become very task oriented, very data oriented, I might add, compared to years ago. Back when I was first in, in, in marketing, marketing was sort of the creative sauce. You threw a lot of spaghetti against the wall to see what would stick and then you would run with that. There was a lot of creativity and a lot of try new things involved with marketing. Now, it seems nobody wants to take risks necessarily. Am, am I right or am I wrong? No, you're right. You're right because a lot of this gets, I mean, we're most of the marketers that get hired in today, at least the ones that I've found, have become very good at being project managers to move things forward. That's a very different, that's very different than being a marketer. A marketer also, I think, relied too much on creative. I mean, I, I consider myself a creative performance marketer, not a creative marketer that, you know, is really going to give you amazing brand guidelines. That is not me. At the end of the day, your customer doesn't care what logo font you use or what color it is. But if I can get them to look at your logo, understand it better, uh, if something resonates with them to make them active activate on a campaign or connect better through a more interesting uh, thing that I did on TikTok as opposed to Instagram. These are things that people aren't really trying nearly enough to see where their audience is moving because they think this is what has paced for them for a long time. And it's hard for people to break themselves of old habits if they're not incredibly curious with a mindset that allows them to push themselves to test and learn all the time. And your audience, whether it's demographically, it's race, it's gender, it's age, it's whatever it is, is moving. They're always moving through a timeline and you can't get stuck in something because it seems right now, especially when you consider what we've gone through with the pandemic. I mean, most people during the pandemic said that they were willing to change brands and that a great majority of those were willing. And this was from a McKinsey study. A great majority of those were willing to stick with those other brands after the pandemic. That's another indicator that people are looking to make changes and those changes are continuous. And if you're not continuing to stay ahead of them and go to test the new things where they are, you could be left behind very easily. So when a company hires you to come in and be their marketing consultant to help them get their ducks in a row, what are they looking for and what do you provide? Somebody to break some eggs and 
you know, be the bull shark in a China shop, I often say. So I, I think for a lot of what I've done over the over the years has been provide a lot of ad campaign performance for them. But other than that, it's really often to align the different things to keep customers be more aligned with a lot of their marketing, their messaging. I mean, I will pull in customer service. Uh, I will help people ex- understand the value more of customer experience, really giving them a voice, giving a voice for marketing teams to listen to sales. Uh, they're not all right. Neither side is, but a lot of salespeople know how to connect with people. Marketers know the channels to often connect with those people better than sales, but there's a blend that you're, you know, that really is we're connecting with your customer and that's done through different levels. So a lot of times what I spend time on is alignment and being able to optimize those because I've driven enough ad performance and looked at the attribution for a lot of these uh, companies, their campaigns, their messaging really lean in on that focus of how to align the pieces. Again, the book that I was writing pre-pandemic, which got put on the shelf until later, was called The Confused Buyer Always Says No. It'll come out at a later time, but that's really what I think we've done a lot, way too often. This will be the early version. Maybe we can come back episode 942 or something like that when, when I get this thing finished, Tom, and uh, talk about that. But that book is really helping focus on uh, aligning a customer alignment, understanding where we align all of our marketing and messaging to benefit the customer and the organization. So you're not continuing right now at releasing that book, but you do have another book coming out right at the first of the year. Is that correct? That is correct. So- I've put it off about as long as I could, and it is called We Care-ish. So <laughs> Wait, like, I, like we sort of care? We, we care-ish? We, yeah. So so this has happened to me a couple of times. I mentioned the epiphany I had when I was working for this large brand uh, that was a direct customer brand. And, we, you know, I fired them as a customer on myself because a lot of the things that I just felt like I was seeing from an experience. And then I had felt this over the years working with other brands as well. But I was asked to keynote a conference, uh, a customer experience conference in 2020. And as I was telling uh, this this friend of mine that was running the conference, I had just gotten, you know, the 5,000th email. Uh, this was early on during the pandemic. I just gotten the 5,000th email that all looked the same. And I was, I was complaining to my friend. And I said, you know, it looks like these were all begotten by Abraham. They were written by the communications team for Abraham and they all insert your logo here, look the same. And all of the advice was the exact same. It was, we care about you. We care about our employees. And here's some worthless advice from the CDC on how to wash your hands. And you could, I could go through and look at a million of these. And I started looking at a lot of the examples at that time as to how we were communicating this, all the TV ads, all the TV ads showed somebody with a mask on, some really soft piano music. You could tell they looked like they were smiling with their eyes, they're smizing. And then you'd see other employees wearing masks who sort of looked happy. And they were just, insert your logo here. They all look the same. Yep. So I was telling this friend of mine, and she was asking me to speak, and I was writing this, this specific marketing customer experience keynote. I said, it sounds like they're, they're saying we care-ish. And I thought, well, there's my, there's my book. So I started pulling together a lot of the stories that I've gone through in my own life with a lot of this in from a demand gen, from a marketing, from a customer experience standpoint, and how do we help fix the messaging that goes out to customers 
that should show a better experience that seems more authentic than just brand and marketing speak that we hear so often. And, I, you know, to lean into one thing too, I think you, you asked me earlier and I, I really go back to this a lot in the book with small businesses. You asked me about small businesses and large businesses, small businesses for the lack of marketing power they may have. They understand the core of what it's like to really connect with customers. We do this as speakers. You know, we're not service. We may tell everybody we serviced a million, but in all honesty, it's, you know, a hundred people that are event planners and VPs of sales and marketing that hire us to speak at conferences. We love to brag that it's a gazillion more, but we really have to understand how to, how to do those tight relationships with people. And so a lot of the, a lot of the smaller brands, I started leaning back into my own experience working with smaller brands because that's when you connect with customers at a much more intimate level and you get close to the problem and really close to the solution. So I do think that's true for, for big, for big businesses and small businesses. When, when people really know you care, I think it goes a lot farther than when you care ish. So I love that. I love that. That's your, the title of the book. When will that book be coming out and how can people find it? It's gotta be January and it'll be at wecareish.com. So be soon. I'm, I'm getting close. Awesome. Awesome. So Kenneth, any last words of advice for anybody who's listening at, at, at how to, how to notch up their marketing? So I would always encourage someone to get in the water and go swim with sharks. That is my favorite thing to do because being a scuba diver, especially, and I've been one for years, it gives you a unique perspective where you're in the moment. And I will tell you that I didn't take a GoPro with me into the water until a couple of years ago. I couldn't stand because I didn't want an Instagram selfie. I remember, remember sitting with someone who who was also a diver. She didn't dive with sharks. We we're sitting in a conference uh, for a company that's been a sponsor. And she pulls out a phone and she's got 10,000 photos that she took and they all look great. But I said, did you ever look up? Because it looked like she was just taking pictures nonstop. And so when you're, you know, if you're, if you're one of those people that in the diving, when you're, when you're diving and you don't want a ton of technology, it allows you to appreciate the moment you're in. And I think, and I use that metaphor to kind of talk about where we really need to think about how we connect with our customers today. We've been given a new opportunity, if you will, post pandemic to reimagine, rethink, reinvent all the, the re's you can think of but really reconnect with our customers and look at things from a new perspective that they haven't looked through before. And that's got to come. That's got to be looking at things outside of the normal view only that most people have. Awesome. So if somebody wants to find you and get in touch with you, they need a marketing guru in their company or they have a conference that is focused on marketing and they need a great keynote speaker. How do people find Kenneth Kinney? So if they go to kennethkinney.com, K-E-N-N-E-T-H-K-I-N-N-E-Y. It'll redirect back to my speaker page on a sharksperspective.com, which is the podcast that I've been, yours, your podcast is amazing. I'm only at 300 something episodes with this podcast, but I, I often speak and put a lot of my views on the back end of every podcast I do. Uh, but that's the most part. And then you can find a copy of the book come January at wecareish.com. Awesome. Well, Kenneth, thank you so much for being here. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every episode. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we do the show? So do me a favor. Tell your friends. Uh, When I talk to people who listen to the show, I always say, how did you find my little podcast? And the answer is always the same. They always say, 
Somebody told me about it. My wife, my mother, my friend, my boss. So be that person who shares the news about the podcast and go out there and flex your business muscles. Make sure that your career ladder is against the correct wall. And while you're out there doing all the stuff you have to do, have some fun. Go have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.